hey, you know what I believe? I believe every single person can make a difference and that we all have something amazing to offer the world. I believe in standing up for what matters and in putting one foot in front of the other. I believe courage is way more important than confidence and I'm addicted to seeing people break through what they once thought they couldn't. And that's why I started this podcast. I want you to believe in yourself. I want you to know that anything's possible. I want you to find the courage to stand up and do your thing. Everything's waiting for you. You just have to believe it's possible. I'm Karen Vaughan. This is the Get Off The Bench podcast. And here is where your courageous life starts. Howdy and welcome to another week of the Get Off The Bench podcast. You know, I'm always trying to get people off the bench to do great things and particularly uh, do great things for the world, for the planet, for humanity, for animals. But it's so important that we take care of ourselves first because, you know, we can give and give and give to others and yet if we're not taking care of ourselves, we, we burn out. And today's guest has got a great message about that. Despite all the amazing things she's doing, her her prime message is about self-care. So let me introduce you to her. Charlotte Lahadi is the modern-day Magi. She's an award-nominated creative educator, business strategist, and transformational coach, passionate about crafting a better world for people and planet. She's on a mission to drive forwards a new era of collective well-being and planetary prosperity. Charlotte was a course leader in fashion communication and promotion at the University of Suffolk and is now a lecturer in fashion business and marketing at Norwich University of the Arts, which is one of the world's leading creative arts universities. She is also a lecturer in business management and leadership at the School of Higher Education at CCN Teaching on University of East Anglia validated degree programs. She believes a symbiotic relationship between business leaders, brands and consumers can be harnessed to make systemic change and she is here to help initiate positive change, cultivate happiness and empower people to navigate challenges so that together we can thrive as global citizens. Through her creative solutions and strategic initiatives, Charlotte empowers people and organizations to make positive social and environmental impact, striving to bring awareness to the power of our minds and how we can harness our creativity to craft a better world. Her work shines a light on a new future of prosperity for all. Charlotte has been acclaimed by the Human Givens Institute and featured in their peer-reviewed journal for writing a bachelor with honours fashion and communication degree program that strategically aligns with the Human Givens principles, the United Nations Higher Education Sustainability Initiative and the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. She's also the UK ambassador for the One Better World Collective. Charlotte delivers educational lectures, seminars, and practical workshops that spark real change. Welcome, Charlotte. Hey, thanks so much for having me. (laughs) It's my absolute pleasure. You're in England at the moment. Which part of England are you from? Um, I live in uh, Norfolk, which I grew up in a town called Galston-on-Sea. For anyone who's not in the UK, um, I would probably say near Norwich, then you're going to know where I'm talking about. If not, you're going to have absolutely... No idea at all. So right on the right on the east coast. 
I've got like archbishops and stuff in my family that come from Cambridge and, you know, all that sort of stuff. So I went to uh, stay with them many years ago and, you know, I thought I'd be invited to stay the night. And it's kind of like, yeah, you can get a bed and breakfast in town and we'll see you in the morning. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> okay. Cambridge is not too far from me, but I think that's very quintessentially British. Yeah, just get a and b Yeah. <laughs> that's funny because I went to the first one and, and the woman says, there's your room. And it was this tiny little dingy little, like a bathroom with this, like almost like an army stretcher in there. And everything in me said, don't stay here. Don't stay here. You're not safe. And so I didn't even unpack my bags. I just walked out and said, oh, look, I'm not going to stay. Why, why, why? And I ended up staying up the road in this. This guy saw me wandering. Thank God, because it was nearly dark. He saw me wandering and he comes, he says, are you looking for somewhere to stay? I said, yeah, I am. And it was like a place where there was about 10 of us staying. So I felt much safer. But, you know, it's quite scary travelling on your own where, where you don't live, where you're not from. And anyway, had I known you, Charlotte, I would have come and stayed with you. But now is a different story. <laughs> you're more than welcome the next time you're in the UK. <laughs> Thanks, Charlotte. Now, I want to ask you... won't you, get an army camper bed. <laughs> <laughs> I prefer not to have the army camp beds, but <laughs> that's fantastic. As long as you've got animals for me to sleep with, we'll be fine. Now, you, your story is... Um, I've just read out your intro, as we've heard, and you've, you know, you've got all these amazing things like you're, you're working for universities, you're doing curriculum, you, you know, for them, you're, you're acclaimed by human givens, you're award nominee, nominated, you're uh, ambassador for One Better World Collective, like it goes on and on and on and on. And there's all this, all these accolades, you know, and clearly you are doing some incredible stuff and you're also very well known in the world of sustainability because of your work there so I'm gonna throw right throw you right in the deep end because I kind of like doing that to my guests reading all this stuff and hearing all this stuff it, it, one would believe that you come from a background of privilege you know because mum's paid for me to go to university and you know I've got everything going for me and is that reasonable to make that assumption or is has it been quite a different road for you I think a lot of people do actually make that assumption because of the job I have, the kind of house I live in, the car I drive. You know what it's like. We have these societal kind of stereotypes and, and, and expectations. And most people would assume that oh, Charlotte's a university lecturer. She's doing this. She's doing that. You know, life must have been a breeze for you. And actually, it, it really hasn't. I um, had quite a difficult start in life. Um, I was actually born premature. So life starting on this earth, I actually started it with a fight. And that seemed to be the theme so many years of my life on this on this planet that life was going to be a bit of a fight for me so I actually um, grew up in a council estate um, in the east of England in a town called Galston-on-Sea most of the people who lived on the estate were either on state benefits because they couldn't get any work or working really really hard for not a lot of money and kind of you know struggling families but on a plus note I did have quite a lot of you know kids to kind of run around the estate with and, and play with so I did kind of have friends but Life back at home was a completely different story. I lived in quite a volatile household. Um, for so many years, I grew up to believe a certain man was my dad. And then I was told that he wasn't and that I was in my early teens. That completely ripped my world apart. And I, I did become quite an angry teenager because I felt like I'd been lied to. 
um, and no one had told me the truth and it, and it completely you know it broke my heart because the man that I thought was my father wasn't my father and to cut a long story short I found out that my father um, he uh, was killed when I was 11 years old he was hit by a train at a level crossing in, in Germany so for me I just felt I, I not so much now but then I just felt robbed you know, uh, robbed of my my father. I didn't kind of have that supportive father figure. And me and my me and my mum, you know, I don't hold any grudges towards her. For me, she hasn't been a good mother. But you know, I'm not. I don't hold grudges. You know, it's, it is what it is. Um, and I didn't get that sense of love and that sense of security. And it it was a very volatile household. That's all I'm going to say. Um, and it, it was traumatic. Um, so. Definitely not privileged in the sense of having, you know, my basic needs. Yes, I had food. I had a roof over my head. When you compare me to people who live in third world countries where they've not even got a roof over their head, they haven't got water. Yes, in that case, I probably was, you know, privileged, you know, looking at it from my perspective now. But definitely, definitely not privileged. My childhood left me completely um, scarred and it took me a lot of years to kind of try and recover from the, the the sort of trauma and the sort of adverse life circumstances it wasn't a fun time put it that way and it's not something I have liked talking about but I think it's nice to be able to share that because there are other people out there who are probably going through some of the things that I've been through um, and maybe we can talk about those in more detail as we go throughout the you know the interview but um, yeah definitely not privileged but I would say I'm very lucky and I feel very, very blessed every day that I wake up to have a beautiful home, to have what I have. When there was a time that I sat there, and this is a true story, I sat there with a packet of noodles, 20 pence. I was 17. I was homeless. I was in this God, speaking of B&Bs, this God awful B&B. So I know you know what I mean. And I sat there with this small bottle of vodka, because let's be realistic, when you've got lots of pain and trauma, you, I did turn to alcohol. And I just sat there and I thought, if this is my life, I do not want it. I do. And at that point, that felt like that B&B, that sense of hopelessness and shittiness that this is your life, Charlotte. This is what it's going to be like. I actually did think I don't want to be here anymore. So the message that I have for people is that for me felt like my whole entire life, but it's not. It felt permanent, but everything you go through is temporary. So the kind of message I want to give is that I've been there right in a dark place where I've not wanted to be here. And here I am now trying to live my best life. I'm still a work in progress. Um, so, yeah, to answer the question, um, I feel like I'm privileged now, but I didn't have a privileged background. Mm. So how did you then if you were homeless, you know, how did you pick yourself? So from that place, right, you know, I've got my noodles, I've got my vodka, I'm in this shitty B&B, life's not worth it. How does how do you get from that to where you are now? Like like what had to shift in your thinking, or what did shift in your thinking to to get you into uni, university and you know to get you up off that bench? What happened? What shifted? It's really hard to explain because I think it's such a profound internal. It must be some kind of spiritual thing or something that goes on. But I've I've always felt that I've always had to have this faith that things are going to get better, no matter how bad they get. And believe me, they have been really bad, really dark. Things are going to get better. And that is the only consistent thing when I've been alone and had absolutely no one like that is the only thing that has got me through. Things are going to get better. There was a time in my childhood, I was quite, I was quite young and I remember crying 
um, and I was just laying there crying. I was in pain and I just sat there and thought, I'm going to get away from this lot one day and I'm going to go off and do amazing things. So I think from even quite a young age, I set that kind of, it is almost like an imaginary world in your head that you create. My future is going to look like this. I'm going to get away from this. I think that is the only thing that got me through because I don't honestly think I would be here if I didn't have that ability to kind of do that. So my advice to anyone would be, no matter how bad it gets, even if you just have faith, you know, you don't have to be religious, you know, you don't have to believe it, but have faith in yourself that mm. things are going to be okay and you will make things better. Yeah. It's a, it's quite an optimistic sort of point of view, isn't it? You know, I, I, I've, I've, I haven't had a life like that. I've had fantastic parents, you know, and had a lot of luck, but I have fallen on my face many, many times, Do you, you know, and the thing that's got me up again is that exactly what you're talking about, that, you know, just that belief that, there's always something better around the corner, you know, there's, and there always is. That's, that's the funny thing. Do you know, it's, um, I, I, it makes me really heartbroken how many people do give up, do you, you know, and, and, and some actually take their own lives, do you, you know, and when they're not, act, they just can't see, you know, what, what good could be around the corner. It's absolutely heartbreaking, but, but you did it. But how did you get into university or how did you get there without a penniless, uh, B and B bum. <laughs> how did you, I'm yes. not exaggerating, but how did you like? What what was it that you said? Right, that's it. I'm going to university. That's it. I'm changing everything for me. Well, I didn't follow the conventional route. Actually, I um, ever since I was about 13, I've worked. So like, I had jobs. Um, I used to work in a, a cafeteria on Great Yarmouth Seafront, and I, I used to always earn myself some some money. So I've always been a worker. So. So I did go to do my um, my A-levels. So I was intending to get away and go to university just to get away from the area I lived because I was so determined, right, at this age, I'm going, I'm off. Um, unfortunately, I got glandular fever and I was really poorly and I ended up in hospital for about two, I think it was two, two weeks, three weeks. It had gotten so bad. I was laying at home. I couldn't, literally couldn't breathe. Um, and they had to take me to the sort of emergency um Part. and then I had to then be taken to Norfolk and Norwich I was in hospital for two weeks so I never got to do my A-levels and it took me a long long time to recover from this glandular fever I just felt rough for about two years and I don't think I've ever really been as energetic as I was back then because of this glandular fever so to cut a long story short I went and did waitressing I've done caravan cleaning hotel cleaning um, and then I got a job uh, and then I did yeah receptionist at a casino as well um, I've done a whole host of random jobs and I'm sure most people probably have before they've gone on to be successful in their, you know, chosen field. And I'm not ashamed to share that I've done those jobs because they're valid jobs and they contribute to the economy and I earn money and that enabled me to survive. And that's that's fine. So then I worked at Aviva and I worked there as a customer service assistant and then I kind of worked my way up and then I ended up actually at the age of just 22 going to Bangalore in India and I was training and coaching their call centre team. So they'd set up a new pension contact centre and I was selected by the senior management team to go over there and train and coach the wow. teams. Yeah, thank you. That, that, it, India completely uh, transformed my thinking because it's a very deeply spiritual place. It's got really beautiful energy about it and it also opened my eyes up to kind of the poverty amongst riches. Like when you go to Bangalore, you've got these beautiful shopping malls, and then beside that, you've got people begging on the streets just to survive. And it, it really did open my eyes up to how other people live. And I suppose that's probably influenced maybe my passion for sustainability, sustainability now. So 
Um, so I did all that, worked and worked. Um, then I self-taught myself Adobe Illustrator, InDesign, Photoshop, and decided that I wanted to do creative design. And the reason I wanted to do that, because I got the only thing I got an A star in at school was art. That was my thing. I used to love painting, drawing. So I, I kind of wanted to reconnect to that creative part of myself. So I did that. Um, I worked in marketing management for quite a while. And I thought, do you know what? I really, really wanted to go to university. And my grandpa, bless him, he's, he's passed away now, but he always wanted me to go to uh, Norwich University of the Arts. So I decided, do you know what? I'm going to go and do my degree. So I got all of my portfolio ready and then I went along and they accepted me and I didn't have any A-levels or anything like that, just my GCSEs, but I got in based on the portfolio that I had presented to them. So it was more of a, I wanted to better myself I wasn't trying to escape a dark place or anything there's a continuing theme with me that I'll always try to move on and and, and better myself so yeah it wasn't like a trying to escape or just going to uni because I'm 18 and there's nothing you know that's what you're expected to do it was a completely unconventional route for me. Mm. So how did you end up um, being a lecturer how do, how do you go from being a student to a lecturer? Um, working for quite a long time, um, I've worked in creative agencies, I've worked as a marketing manager, so I've got quite a lot of industry experience. Um, and what actually happened is at the age of about, I think it was, I think I was 30, 31, um, I had burnout, I had a breakdown. Um, so I couldn't, I, I just wanted, I left the marketing management role because I just, I, I, one of these people that just keeps going and going and going and going and not realizing that I'm not processing absolutely anything. So I think it just got to the point that my mind, body and soul just had no room for anything else. So I just couldn't function as a human being anymore. So that time out enabled me to reassess actually, what do I want to do with my life? I didn't feel I was getting enough of a sense of meaning from the marketing jobs that I was doing it just felt a bit too corporate for me and not creative enough because it's very data-driven very analytical which is great but not for a creative mind like myself so I thought I'll take this industry experience and I will apply to be um, a lecturer so I actually started in further education which is college students uh, not university and then just kind of worked worked my way up like I did like I did at Aviva just uh, diligently working away <laughs> wow you know we've got so much in common I, I, I had glandular fever too when I was younger and I could it, it knocked me off my bloody feet for so long and I kept really falling for 10 years I just kept falling asleep everywhere just kept falling asleep and and yeah and I was also a TAFE teacher which was a you know the a tertiary teacher but not university but I haven't had any desire to be a university lecturer so anyway one of the things that you you've just you've just written but now you've left there at Suffolk University you've written a whole um sustainable sustainability curriculum around the uh creative design and all that kind of stuff and fashion so but you based it on um human givens now we mentioned that in the in the intro and when I first met you I was like what's human givens I've never heard of this (laughs) you know but once you explained it to me I was like wow I really love that stuff so tell us more about it so other people can understand because I think it's fantastic Oh, yeah, it is absolutely fantastic. And I actually just randomly came across it when I was researching for kind of frameworks, you know, new frameworks that I could apply to writing the degree that I was writing at the time. So it really is 
in a nutshell, unlocking the very best of human potential. That is is what it is. And it's a, a framework to help us to become the best human beings that you know we can be. Um, and they have a set of principle, guiding principles. And it, all it really is, is that we have fundamental needs that need to be met for us to be truly happy. And if we're not meeting all of those fundamental needs, then we're not going to be happy. We're not going to be able to live a fulfilled life. It's almost comparable to Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Um, it's kind of comparable to that in that you obviously, you know, the bottom of the pyramid up. Um, and it's just about harnessing your inner resources to, um, you know, transform your life. It is actually a psychotherapy approach. But I saw that and thought, hmm, I can apply this to education to the degree because that, you know, taking care of oneself as a student is a massive thing. So how can I take that framework and apply it to the degree? So it is just a set of guiding guiding principles, really, and needs. Um, it's, I would advise anyone who's listening to go along to the Human Givens Institute um, website and just have a look at what it is they do, whether you're a psychotherapist, a counsellor, or just someone who's really, really interested in it. It's absolutely fascinating because it has application, not just in psychotherapy, but the massive changes that the world needs. You know, imagine if we all looked after ourselves and loved mm. ourselves, what the world could be like. And I think the human givens can be up, applied systemically across everything to almost create a better world in which we all thrive and which we all flourish. Well, and don't we need that? Boy. Yes, we do, please, like now. <laughs> but it's yeah. transitionary, isn't it? It's a work in progress. Like 100 years ago, I think, <laughs> <laughs> Boy, we dug ourselves into a hole, but um, but but you know, I think we can get out. But the the as you're saying, I think we we do need to all find these um, whether it's human givens or whether it's something else. We all need to find that something that's going to really unlock the potential in us. You you know, and and also yeah. find peace within ourselves. You know, because I think we're very. Um, you know, we're hard on ourselves, we torture ourselves, we torment ourselves, you know, I'm not good enough, like I've got self-doubt, I'm an imposter, we just go on and on and on, you know, beating ourselves up, and yet at the end of the day, all we want is peace, like all we want is just to thrive in our, in our daily lives, and we, we don't have to be writing curriculums, we don't have to be saving the world, but it, I have this strong belief we get off the bench that if we are all doing the thing we love, we will thrive so, I'm not going to say perfectly, but so much better within ourselves. You know, we'll be thriving more and we have to be better contributors. Like there's, there's just no other outcome other than I'm going to be a better contributor to the planet, to the world, to the animals, to, the, to humanity if I'm feeling the best that I can possibly feel so god I urge people to go and have a look at that and it might not be your thing you know but it doesn't matter like get that just get that process started just start exploring what what can I what can I find out there that's going to make me feel fantastic about myself and you know I'm, I'm on a mission to unlock mag, the magnificence in in everybody because we are all incredible when when you were that kid you know, sitting there younger, even before you were um, in the B&B, you know, just feeling like you're finding out about your dad and, you know, your mum wasn't the best mum and all that sort of stuff. If You know, I think that you, 
two parts to this. One, I think you already had something within you that was, you, you know, you you were in touch with your magnificence, even though you probably didn't realise because that was a thing that was pulling you, you know, towards doing better. But just if if only I'm kind of I think what I'm trying to say is only if only we knew back then what we know now, do you know our, our lives could be yeah. massively different. We wouldn't. I know we've got to make mistakes. I know that, but. You know, God, it's a it's a tough world being a human, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's very tough being a being a human. You know, next time I might ask him to send me somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that there's too many not... other good planets. <laughs> oh, maybe not. <laughs> but this could be like heaven on. You know, we can have a heaven on an earth, and you know, we can have a beautiful society. But I truly believe like you're saying about that magnificence within us, it starts from within us. Gandhi said, be the change you wish to see in the world. And when I say that, people just kind of laugh at me and go, oh, whatever, Charlotte. But actually for me, that's been the fundamental truth that you you do have to be the change. It starts with you. And imagine if every single person in the world thought, I need to, you know, even if they just begun with self-awareness, you know, why do I act like this? If we just become more conscious human beings, imagine it's like a butterfly effect and it just resonate out. If everyone just took the time and were actually taught, hey, take care of yourself. You know, I didn't know how to take care of myself. I'm sure you didn't. And there's lots of us on this and who, who don't quite know how to do that. And that's why I kind of put that into the degree and it should be an education, even from a really, really young age. Like yeah. it's okay not to be okay. And, you know, you are, you are amazing. There's only one you on this planet with with your unique attributes and skills you know what are you going to do with those imagine if we did that yeah children from a young age we'd have little geniuses running around just doing amazing things and and changing things for the better be amazing 100 percent. i think that kids already know that when they're born you know i think that we beat it out of them i think that society we do. yeah it's just bullshit you know it, it really bugs me and 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 you know I'm, I sit on the fence about the education system. We need it. I love education. You know, I love all that. But I don't think it's right. You know, I think it's so outdated that we're, we're not in the industrial era anymore. We don't need to teach competition. We don't need to teach. We need to teach people how to care about each other, how to be kind. And, and that extends to being kind to ourselves. And what I really love about you, Charlotte, is, because, is you've got this... Um, You've got this story of success and you could be promoting that as your story. Do you, you know, hey, you know what, if you want to be a, a lecturer, this is how you can do it. And I did it and I overcame homelessness and I blah, blah, blah. But what I really love and, you know, and why I really wanted to get you on the podcast, uh, apart from the fact that I love you, I reckon you're just a bloody grouse. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I mean, we're, you know, we're great mates. I just love you. But I think that you you have chosen, and I you remember having this conversation with her, you've shifted your whole focus now to say, no, I'm going to focus on this self-care. You know, I'm going to start telling people that no matter what you've been through, you know, it does get better. We need to focus on self-care. You know, we need to love ourselves. We need to put that at the very core, at the very before anything else or or anything else we've achieved doesn't matter 
at all. And when you before you're talking about having burnout and you said, I don't know how to look after myself, and that's been true for so long too. You know, I have not had a complete burnout, you know, but I don't know how the hell I haven't, you know, because I am of that age and of that bloody mentality, you know, go, 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 achieve, achieve, achieve. And it's taken me yeah. till my 50s to really think, wait a second, no, if I go down, everything I've done goes down with me, you know, and I can't change lives. I can't yeah. a better place. But I love that you're going self-care. So tell us more. Why did you do that? Why did you just, why did, because there's kind of a lot of, uh, not shame, but almost embarrassment, or it's kind of like it's a fluffy extra, that stuff. No, no, let's talk about achievements. Why, why are you so hell-bent to, to get us all to, put self-care at the top of the list because there's that saying you know you, you you've got to love yourself because you've got to you've got to take care of yourself because and I'm not just talking about you know you've got to take care of yourselves spiritually physically emotionally and the reason I'm so hell-bent on it is because I've been through it. it it's first-hand experience and I know how damn hard it is to go from that place where I call them little mind gremlins you're not good enough you're never going to achieve anything. No one's going to love you. Um, you know, you're rubbish. And, and sometimes, you know, even now I still get the mind gremlins successful. I'm doing what I do, but that'll go, oh, Charlotte, you know, imposter syndrome starts coming. You get a lot of speakers and talkers. You say, oh, I'm fully recovered. And I think, you know what? Good for you. If you are, that's absolutely fantastic. But I am humble enough to, to openly admit, I don't know if I will ever be fully recovered. And I want to speak to the people that are out there that actually don't know if they're going to be able to get through what they've got through and give that wisdom that, you know, you, you will be okay and you can do this. And, you know, I'm still just going to be this work in progress. But I think the thing that you were talking about earlier, when you said you keep going and going and going, it's that resilience. You've got that inner resilience. Some people have it, have it. And some people kind of need a little nudge, you know, it's in there, it's within everyone, but you're obviously quite resilient. Mm. And I think, like yourself, I had that natural resilience, but that resilience is what caused my burnout because I just keep going and going and going and going. And now I'm like, right, okay, take a breather, need to look after, need to look after myself. So the reason I'm hell bent on it is because I know how transformative it is because I've done it myself. So I'm not just speaking from a textbook. I've been the ups, the downs, the in-betweens, you know, mm. I it's from first-hand experience and that is why I, I care so much. I haven't shared all of the stuff that I've been through. To be quite honest, I think I'd need to write a blinking book. To, <laughs> we'd be here all day, you know. Maybe that might be an idea, maybe to do that one day. But, you know, self-care is key. You've got to love yourself because if you love yourself and you work on yourself, you become more, more aware of why you act the way you do. So, like, for me, my feelings of not feeling good enough become from my childhood my constant need to be to um, need approval come from my excessive working because it come from wanting approval from my mum, wanting her love. Mm. So you begin to realise and go when you go within, you actually can make amazing, profound changes. If someone would have said, oh, Charlotte, it's because of this, a psychotherapist, I'd have gone up, you get defensive. But when you go in within yourself, the answers are all there. It's amazing. And like I say, it's through first-hand experience. Sorry, I'm rambling now, but I'm just so passionate about it. No, no, I think it's it's not rambling. It's bloody essential. And 
I love the humility about it, you know, because a lot of, um, you know, and I, I know that you want to really take this now and start to share this journey. And, you know, it's uh, you beforehand and it's still there. Like you still want to share the, share the, um, the, the sustainability, you know, you, you, you still want to share that because that's such a passion. Of course, yeah. For you. But, um, you know, you, you were sort of on this journey. I'm just going to share sustainability. I want to talk. I want to share it. You know, I want to be a speaker and I want awesome. everyone to love to embrace sustainability. But now you've taken this little twist and said, well, hang on a minute. If, if there's no point promoting this big adventure of everything's perfect when there are going to be people out there who have been through what you've been through, you know, and that we, the world needs more people like you who are willing to have that humility and say, you, you know, we're not all sitting in a perfect little cup, you know, it's, it's, it's okay. And, you know, you can still succeed even if you've been through shit, you know, you can, but it's sometimes success isn't being a university lecturer or being one of the, you know, very well-known people in sustainability, it's not that. Sometimes success is just getting up out of bed the next day and looking in the mirror and saying, you know, I'm okay. I actually like myself. You're so right. And as you were saying that, I was thinking it was almost tandem, our thoughts, you know, sometimes success, you know, like you say, it's just getting out of bed in the morning. It is just brushing your teeth. It's sometimes just just getting your backside to work and getting out of the door, you know, and for, for that, you know, success is not this, I think the way our society is structured at the moment, it builds quite unhealthy kind of ideas of what success is, you mm. know, uh, particularly with things like, you know, the Instagram generation and kind of TikTok, everyone kind of wants to be Insta famous. And, you know, if you're not famous or you're, you've, you've not got this type of job, then you've not succeeded. And it's like, well, like I said about the cleaning and the waitressing jobs that I've done, they contribute to society just as much yeah. as somebody else. You know, success is success is not about material things. It's it's in here. It's your it's your mind, your body, your heart, your soul. It's everything. That's what success success is. Knowing who you are as a human being, sticking to your values and your beliefs, healing yourself, becoming the best human that you can be, and then going out there and helping others do the same. Well, that's what I think anyway. So. <laughs> no, that's exactly <laughs> what I think. You know, and I think that we, we're often uh, ambushed, you know, with, with thoughts on or, you know, um, information about you're successful if you're earning six figures and seven figures and all mm. that kind of shit. And, and I say all that kind of shit. I mean, you know, I, yeah, sometimes I wish, do you, you know, that I was getting those, <laughs> you know, seven figures. But the point is, it's yes, it, but yes, it, it, buys things it buys you a situation where you can relieve some stress but I don't really feel like when I'm on my deathbed I want to look back I don't want to say oh I worked so bloody hard I made seven figures I don't want to say that well I'd like to say that as an extra but I want to say (laughs) um, that I work so hard and I don't want to glorify hard but I worked hard to make the world better for humanity animals and the planet you know and and I had an impact I know that I impacted thousands of people and to me that's success do you know and I often struggle with my own mind about quantifying that do you know because of because of our bloody education system that teaches us to compete and we were drummed into us. Oh, you know, you need to get a job and you need to be successful. And oh, that older does, yes. People <laughs> do this and, 
you know, you're not successful if you don't. And I remember that as a kid and as a teenager, you know, leaving school and I was, I was so pissed about that. You know, I thought, I just want to ride motorbikes and be a rock star. And <laughs> and that, that, the teachers didn't think- I just wanted to party. That's what <laughs> I wanted to do, go out to festivals and dance. And But you do at that age, you do. You just want to be free to explore who you are and explore the world. I think to say about education, I think the difference between me as a university lecturer and, and school, I think for university- they're following what you know students are actually following what they're actually passionate about they're at the age where they're like this is actually what I'm really excited and what I'm really passionate about and I think university is a fantastic outlet for that when young people are, or and even mature students they've found themselves like this is actually what I'm really passionate about this is what I want to go and do whereas I agree with you with school I think it should be a little bit more holistic a little bit more uh, perhaps based on the individual I don't know in my mind how that's going to work but how about we look at individuals and what they actually like, what they're good at, and then harness that for them to make a contribution to society and get them to learn all of this different stuff. Because if you, I think if you balance it out in the end, you're still going to have people who are going to go off and be working in the tech sector. You're still going to want people who are going to be marketeers. You're still going to have like people who want to work with their hands and make stuff. We're still going to have, you know, farmers and things like that, but just letting people just naturally, children will naturally gravitate to what they love. And they'll soon let you know when they don't love it. You know, they they already know. We just don't listen. That's right. Parents don't. I, I don't. We don't listen. I mean, I just wanted to, to to draw and paint and be around horses, and that was that was pretty much me. You know. And what what did you love to do when you were you were younger? Play guitar, but play bands. Make all my family pretend they were in a band with me. We all had tennis rackets, and I was the only. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> I'm sure there you go. But we, I think children, like you say, they, they, they're born with this inner knowing. And then I think by the time they're sort of adults, we forget. I thought, who am I and what am I here for? Because I had those questions. I didn't have any sense of purpose for a long, long time. And I had to go within to find that. Because if not, I think I'd have just been aimlessly wandering from job to job and not have a sense of any, you know, sense of happiness. So, Mm. yeah. So what about some um, self-care tips? Because we can't just have you saying, you know, uh, I, I want to talk about <laughs> self-care. I mean, we might as well make the most of you while we've got you. So Awesome, yeah. Are there, were there any simple self-care tips that you think are valuable worth sharing? I think one of the things we all tend to do is if we haven't had a great day or we're not feeling good or we do something wrong, we tend to beat ourselves up about it. Don't. It doesn't matter on the grand scheme of things. Does it really, really matter? Because I think we occupy our brains with all of this stuff like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have said that. Or I'm not, you know, or I'm not okay. It's okay not to be okay. There you go. So that's tip one. It's okay not to be okay. It's okay to have a shitty day. We all have them. I did try and follow the, um, and this is about self-care, the um, happiness mindset. And I ended up following that and not releasing my negative like thoughts and anger and that made me a completely unbalanced person because I wasn't, you can't be happy all the time if you've got all this anger and stuff. It's okay to feel it, release it, let it go. So and if you're angry or not having a great day, feel it, acknowledge it, don't dwell, let it go. Because I think dwelling and keeping our minds with all this stuff willing around is not, is not great. So yeah, don't, don't dwell on stuff. And also just 
take some time out. I, you know, I tell people this and I'm sometimes guilty of this, you know, I think, oh gosh, I, you know, even if it's just five minutes, 10 minutes a day, just do some breathing exercises. I find when I'm having a particularly stressful time, I'll just do some breathing exercises, just long, deep breathing. That tends to help. It really, really does psychologically calm the body down. And I think it's a theme for me, have faith, have faith in you because you're awesome. You just, you've forgotten. And yeah. that's the thing I think, like yourself, that I want to do is just remember that you are an amazing being with amazing potential. You just forgot. You're a creator. You can do and make amazing things. So just remember that. Yeah. And love yourself. That's the biggest one. Like, because I think a lot of people I found having talking to people like yourself and people in the One Better World Collective, there's a lot, there's a lot of people out there who have not had good you have not have had a really hard time like when I was a child you know child growing up I used to think I was the only one and now I realize that there's loads of people over the world out there who've kind of suffered and it's just another thing is like you know reach out to other people don't isolate yourself because I went through a period of in my little dark days not wanting to kind of talk to anyone so if there's any like activities you can do whether it's go to yoga a singing class or even some kind of community group just get outside as well go and do something don't just sit inside and if there's something you don't want to do like for me for example I've joined the gym mine says don't want to go to the gym do you know why your brain does that because it's easier you get into the habit your brain wants to do the easiest thing so if it says I can't be bothered to go for that walk go for that walk if it says to me Charlotte I don't want to go to the go to the gym those things that you don't want to do and then you'll just get in a continual habit of doing positive things and also just acknowledge your thoughts and your feelings, because I think this, you know, society in general, there's so many things we, we, we can numb them. We can numb them through working, overworking. We can numb them through alcohol. Some people numb them with drugs. You know, if you don't feel, you're not going to be able to heal. Ooh, I like that. And that's so true, isn't it? This is a toxic what was it toxic positivity you know it's like you don't don't be angry just be grateful just be happy just have positive thoughts you know screw that shit because like you can't do that all the time and I, yes yes we should if we recognize we're having negative thoughts you know yes think about it and say well why am I doing this okay it would be great to start switching my thoughts over you know to have that conversation with yourself but this whole you know, completely ignoring negative thoughts. You, you, you know, as, as we, we have 90%, we've got a negative bias and our 90% of our thoughts are bloody negative. Do you know? So like we would be completely suppressing ourselves as human beings if we just wrote off all the negative thoughts. But it's about, as you're saying, it's about acknowledge them, recognize them and then question them. And this, this is one thing that I do. I say, wait, Where's that coming from? Where's where's the truth in that? Do you know? And then I think, well, there's no truth in that. Okay, let it go. Because I don't think you can let it go unless yeah. you actually question it. You know, you, you have to question and say, where did this where did this come from? And most of the time, I always say it's you know, um perceived reality. You know, it's you think it's your reality, but it's your perceived reality. It's just you just making shit up and it's based on all the past we're measuring it against past things that have happened and it's not even happening in the in this space and time most of the time and yet we're already triggered That's so true you know I was reading a book about that actually where um you know a lot of our reactions our current reactions are based on something that happened to us in the past I think I mentioned it earlier didn't I, about feelings of like you know not 
self-worth and stuff like that we're reacting based on previous experiences so like you said we're not even reacting in real time we're we're stuck in the past so the key is to kind of like you say to think about that and actually rewire your brain to not do that so that you're you're almost creating new neural networks in your brain to to be more positive and to get out of that habit of being negative and that's really really hard like you know and i i i think i've tried the whole happiness thing and it just may be completely unbalanced i think that it makes us human yes we do get angry yes we sometimes might have a bad day and feel a little depressed and do you know what that's okay because that makes you a human being you know i think this whole let's be completely positive is it's just for me it wasn't achievable and i just think i don't think it's realistic and it really doesn't help people who are really struggling because then it makes them feel uh, less of a human being because they're not able to achieve that so I think it's important that conversation that we've just had that mm. you know about that whole toxic happiness thing it just it, it it completely took me to the other end of the scale so um that was a really good really good conversation yeah uh, yeah and I 100% I think and that when you talk about creating new you know new pathways and you know new synapses and all that kind of stuff mm. it's it's you know I get I get sort of a bit annoyed, you know, people say, I have to, I have to unlearn that. And I think you, you unlearning is, you, you can't unlearn, you can't go backwards, you can't, like when people say, you know, they're on a diet, I have to stop eating. Your brain doesn't hear, stop, all your brain hears is eating. And, and you because you're building that synapse, because you're focusing on the eating, do you know, so you just keep bloody eating and eating and eating, but you have to actually start a whole new neural pathway to say, you know, I'm living a healthy life that's got nothing to do with the I have to stop eating. It's just like I'm enjoying living a healthy life. I love fruit. You know, where's I'm looking forward to some vegetables. Like, And you completely turn it around and just create new pathways and stop all that old shit because that old shit, every time you talk about it, you only build a stronger synapse. So it's not even worth bloody doing this whole I have to stop eating, I have to stop doing this, I have to, you know, like... If you tell yourself, you I have, have to, to focus on the new thing, like visualization is really, really important. You know, a lot of people laugh, but it's like, you know, I've got a story actually. It's just come to me now. I, I imagine I had a, a Ford Focus. It was literally nearly, nearly dying, rubbish car. When I got in, I used to imagine myself driving this nice, sleek black car. I didn't know what brand it was, but every time I got in that car, that was what I drove. I now have a gorgeous black Honda Civic. So. <laughs> At the time, I wasn't able to afford it, you know, because I had this car. But, you know, that's just one example of it. And also going back to me when I was younger, saying one day I'm going to get out away from all of this and I'm going to live an awesome life. Well, I kept thinking that and now I am that. And I kind of believe, you know, my approach is kind of I do look at like science, neuroscience, you know, the arts. But also um, I do kind of look at quantum physics and I think that we live in an energetic world and I think our brains are way way more powerful than we actually realize and I do think we can I think as as the future comes we're going to learn we manifest stuff I just I think there's going to be a new wave of thought on that I don't quite know what that's going to look like but I just think what we have in our heads are way more powerful than than we realize and you see with people don't you who do transform the way that they think their lives change so there's got to be something in the electrics of the brain and reality I don't know I'm going off on a tangent now it's kind of pseudo spirituality kind of uh, quantum physics stuff I'm fascinated by the universe and everything being energy and 
Yep, it, it just makes so much sense. <laughs> what a surprise, you two. Yeah, we've got so much in common. It's awesome. I know. Um, I love quantum physics. I love it. And it's the world is, that is that is all the world is, you know. And when you're talking yeah. about our brain, you know, they say that we only use like 4% of our brain, you know, something, some small figure like that. I can't remember what it is. But mm. I agree. I think we have not harnessed, truly harnessed the power of our brain and we have not truly harnessed how quantum physics works and how we can really, really manifest and grow and really thrive and flourish within it if we actually understood it, you know, and harnessed it and, and utilised yeah. it to, for good. You utilised it to make a better world. But, yeah, if I come and stay with you, we're not going to get much sleep, are we? It's just going to be, we're going to go down rabbit hole. <laughs> we're, we're, you, we're just going to be uh, running through my massive book. I mean, you come and look at my book collection. It's all um, set. I've got so many self-care books. I've got, like, books about creating a better fashion industry. I've got books on sustainability. And, and then my other thing is philosophy as well. Like Plato, yeah. um, he's my favourite because his vision of what society could or should be is kind of what the United Nations with the SDGs is, is trying to create really. So yeah, it's amazing how the ancients years ago thought of all these things and we're still where we are now. I, <laughs> what went wrong? <laughs> Something did somewhere along the line. <laughs> that goes through my head all the time is like, why, why are we still doing stuff? You know, thousands of years ago, they had, they, they find all these things on cave walls, you know, like tick, 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 mm. into cave walls. And it's so much more advanced than what we're, what we're doing now. And I, I, we've just become too bloody smart for ourselves and we've turned into bloody lunatics. But, you know, I, I really think that society is, is, is imploding and it's caving in on itself. And we, we have to actually start. But, I, but I'm seeing changes. I am seeing this. this there are changes, yeah. Well of, of um, people who are coming up with selfless sort of um, giving, you know, and and starting to really, really work towards this tipping point, which I, I keep saying I believe is going to happen. I don't know if it's going to happen in my lifetime, but I do see that we will eventually reach a tipping point for good. And I, and I believe in that. And I refuse to believe anything different because I just see so many people. And maybe it's who I hang with. I mean, you know, I, I hang in these <laughs> groups, you know, that, that, but maybe I'm just lucky or maybe I'm just sort of um, narrow, narrow-minded or closed off to the rest of the world. But the, the people I hang with, like, that's, they're my circles and people are doing yeah. Well, so I think the more of us that hang together, you know, the, the the bigger this tipping, the closer we'll get to this tipping point. But now you, you mentioned in there about um, the UN SDGs. So most people know what that is, in case you don't know, because there's that many damn acronyms out in the damn world today. Um, the Sustainability Development Goals, which is um, brought in by the UN for, um, you know, hoping to achieve certain things by 2030. Uh, I they're not going to achieve what they want to achieve by 2030 because we've just got so far to go. But if mm. we continue to um, work in that direction, and I, I can't remember them all, but it's life below water, life on, on the earth, um, ending poverty, ending hunger, uh, gender equity, you know, it just goes on and on. There's 17 of them. So, um, you know, they're, 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 they're great. And I think we should... The, the 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 shame, and I've said this to you know Ian um, Ian Spears, you know who we both know, where who we met through with One Better World Collective, which is focused on um, SDGs. Is that you know it's 
it, it's such a shame that we even have to have the conversation because why aren't we as human beings just taking care of each other and the planet and the animals? Like, why aren't we just doing that? Because we're supposed to be the caretakers for the planet. And, you know, we shouldn't even need uh, the UN goals. We shouldn't need them. But anyway, you're a huge advocate of them because, and you've blended it into your curriculum, you know, and other stuff that you're doing. So I think one of the things is that when you talk about any of these SDGs or, you know, ending poverty, gender equality, um, homelessness, what we're doing to the planet under the water, we're trashing the reefs, we're, it's just the plastic problem. What happens with a lot of people is that they, and climate change, didn't add that one, that's probably a big one, um, is that a lot of people think, yeah, well, I hear about it, I get it, but I'm, I'm just one person and I, I can't make a bloody ounce of difference. Give us some tips, Charlotte. Come on. <laughs> what can I we think do? That, so I think with the United Nations SDGs, because they are so vast and they cover so many points, and I think, to be honest, when you look at them, they are really speared towards governmental governments, non-governmental organisations and businesses, really. Um, so if you, you were to just read those, that may be a little overwhelming, but I think it's just, you know, being more conscious of what it is that you're doing. Like, you can contribute to, you know, the, the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals in a nutshell are striving to make the world a better place. Mm. So whatever you can do as an individual to make the world a better place, like I said earlier, however small that is, if you get so many people continuing to do that and it just builds and it builds and it accelerates and it accelerates, we'll achieve those goals. Mm. We don't do it individually. We do it together as a collective. Yeah. So don't think because you're an individual and your contribution is small, that's fine. You get a small contribution and then you get other people and then it just turns into a massive, monumentous achievement. So it can be really simple things like recycling. My other half is absolutely obsessed with recycling. I'll literally put like a box down or um, something that I haven't even finished cooking yet. And it's already in the recycling bin, you know, it's, it's, it's turned into a bit of a recycling freak. So yeah recycling you know you know when you, when you get boxes and stuff from your shopping just pop them in your recycling bin um it could also be something sim simple like if you've got some old clothes don't throw them in the bin take them down to a charity shop or send them to a charity who then send them to third world countries because you know that's a good thing to do and then it doesn't go to land waste because you know the fashion industry contributes so much to, to land waste that's a really good thing to do it can be simple things at home like when you're at home, um, have a shower for five minutes instead of like half an hour, you know, you're saving water, um, turning your lights off, little things like that. And also, you know, what, what you're wearing or, or question, do I really need this? Because we are encouraged to consume. We live in a consumer culture. And my view is that is what's got to change for our whole world to change. We can't just keep buying stuff for the sake of it. And we all do it. I think I still occasionally do it when I buy something. I go, did I did I really need that? You know, I'm not perfect. I'm not 100% there, but I'm trying my best. So if you're going to buy something, do you really need it? Also, if you're buying something, question, where does this actually come from? Um, you can find a lot out just by looking on the label or, or, or the back of a food packet and just see. Also, um, you know, just, just I, I've done it in my garden. I've got a... Um, you could see it actually but you can't it's beautiful I've put all um 
in my garden, I've put all cottage plants and flowers for the butterflies and the bees, because obviously with pesticides and stuff like that. So if you're a bit green fingered, you know, make a lovely, beautiful garden for the insects and the bees. They really appreciate it. And bees are really important because they pollinate our food. And so do the insects. And without them, we are, there's a word that I'm not going to use. It's the F word. <laughs> That's basically what's, if we've got no bees, no pollinators, yeah, we're going to have a huge problem. So it's just little things, really. Little yeah. things do make a big difference. So you can make a difference. Oh, absolutely. We can. And the bees, if I was reading, we've got four years. If the bees disappear, we've we've got four years on this planet. And that is exactly. it. And I think that we've got to get better at understanding that. And, you know, understanding our entire ecosystem, not just not just the bugs and not just this and not just that, like the entire ecosystem needs to work in work together. It's a it's an interconnected web. And if we don't get it right, if we keep screwing up, you know, uh, killing all our species off, do you, know, you know, we it's not just a bug. It's not it's not a bug. It's that bug had a purpose and that bug fed the next one and the next one and you know, the food chain in the ecosystem. And eventually it'll get to that animal or that species that we did need that we killed because we killed all these subspecies, you know, and we just don't. Oh, that's what should be taught at school. That's the stuff that needs to be taught is how to take care of each other and the planet. You know, I could go down, I'm like you, I could go down a whole body rant about this, but I... <laughs> yes, we could, but it's, it, it's just, I think the problem is that I think as a species for a long, long time, we've had this dominion over nature kind of perspective. And I think that is the biggest problem. Um, we don't have dominion over nature. In fact, it has dominion over us because if we continue in the way that we're going, it, the earth, everyone keeps saying save the earth. The earth has survived cataclysmic <laughs> volcano eruptions, uh, meteorites hitting from space and she's rejuvenated the only thing that's not going to be here is the human species and that's the thing we kind of need to understand that everyone talks about the ecosystem and I know you understand it from an interconnected perspective like I do we're part of that we're not something that's separate from that and I think like you say that should be taught in schools and we do need to understand that we need to nurture nature we're a part of it and to destroy it we are just destroying ourselves because all it's ultimately going to lead to and it's a very scary prospect is our own extinction we're going to annihilate ourselves so the earth is going to be fine it's us that's not going to be okay she will rejuvenate so the only ones we're really doing this for is ourselves we need to save ourselves that's i mean that's my thoughts anyway <laughs> and when you think of it like that it's kind of like well why aren't we here how can we be so bloody you know ignorant but it's and i, I that you know jonas sulk is a um you know well-known biologist and he says you know that if if uh humans were gone the entire planet would rejuvenate itself within 50 years you know and it would just be flourishing and perfect within 50 years goes to show do you know how quick exactly what you're saying how quick mother nature can repair itself you know it, it is already it you only got to look at all the things that happen you know the earthquakes the floods everything else mother nature's uh, we've got nothing on on 
the planet, you know, and we've got... I think Mother Nature's getting a bit fed up with us. <laughs> so <laughs> I think we I. need to... We're like a bunch of naughty school children. We need to sort our act out. If not, which is going to, you know, evict us. So, um, yes, United Nations Sustainable Development Goals, living sustainably and loving loving ourselves um, is very, very important. <laughs> and but, but coming back to that message of yours, you know, loving yourself, it's... Um, you're not going to care for others and you're not going to extend that care if you've got no care for yourself. Do you, you know, you've, if you start with yourself and you, you care about yourself and you respect yeah. yourself and, you know, love yourself. And when you said it before, I thought, oh, well, that's, that's all well and good, but not everyone knows really how to do that. You know, and we're taught that you're a bloody wanker if you say that you're, love yourself didn't you know that sort of stuff so it's a we're hard. Taught that it's you know oh that's selfish to think of yourself well actually no it's it's not and I know it is easier said than done but like I said to you I've I've been there and it's like I need to learn to love myself and that's really difficult when you've had it drilled down your throat from like a young child that you're a waster you're <laughs> you've got six 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 on your forehead and lord knows what you just think well <laughs> It's very hard when you've got all that internal dialogue that tells you the complete opposite. And it is really, really difficult. And the only way around that is, you know, I would advise if you need to go and get some counselling, there is absolutely nothing wrong with that, nothing to be ashamed of. Um, if you feel like, um, you know, you can work with your own mind and do that yourself, that's also fine as well. You know, it's just those little gremlins. You just need to, they just need to shut up. <laughs> you just need to be quiet. Mind gremlins. And keep a little, you know what I've got? I've got a folder of evidence. So every time I do something, you know, achieve something, it got, well, I'm not just tying my shoelaces up, but, you know, every time I do a, a talk or do, <laughs> you know, do something, I'm in, yeah. the, in the paper or, you know, on the radio, or whatever it yeah. is, you know, um, I, I keep a, a, a page of it, you know, and I've got this folder and whenever I've got those voices, I get it out and I say, nah, no, you're not an imposter. Look what you've done. Look at all the lives you've changed, you know. And I think we've got to get better at keeping that sort of um, log of evidence of all the good things that we have done to prove to ourselves because we can't just generate it in our heads. We can't just generate everything we've done, you know. It's, um, you know, like, you know, with your amygdala glands, you know, all the negative stuff is concentrated mm. just around your glands and, and positive emotions, positive feelings are like little sprinkles all around your brain. And you can't harness them. You you can't just grab them all and say oh yeah but I'm really good you know I'm really good so sometimes you just need that external you know evidence folder or list of things you know something up on your wall you know you just to sort of get your Definitely. mind into the right place but I have loved this absolutely love this I love you <laughs> it's been awesome it's been fantastic I have a question I ask everyone you know I reckon my listeners go oh here's the bloody question here we go you know <laughs> It's um anyway. This podcast is uh, get off the bench, as you know, and it's uh, to inspire people to back themselves, push through challenges. You know, just have a crack at whatever it is. So, what advice would you give to somebody who would love to make a difference in the world, but they feel they have suffered too much trauma or too many setbacks, and perhaps feel it's just too hard to get back up? What advice would you give them? have faith in yourself. You are awesome. You can do whatever you put your mind to. And I know it's easier said than done. And you may not be able to achieve everything you want to achieve in one big step. Not, not many of us do. Take small steps, break things down into small tasks like success. We talked about it earlier. 
if you're really sad and down, you know, and you want to make a difference, but you're really depressed and you're not getting out of getting out of bed or you're struggling to look after yourself, put those as, you know, I need to get out of bed. I need to make sure I brush my teeth. I need to make sure I shower. I need to make sure that I get outside because unless you do those things, you're not going to get better. I've been there where I've sat there feeling exactly the same as maybe whoever's listening out there now that you feel like that, that very thing that you don't want to do is going to make your life better and it's going to make you feel better. And as Karen says, you've just got to get off the bench and do it. <laughs> that, that, that is what you've got to do. You, you, you've got to. And no matter how many of those little gremlins are in your head are telling you that you're shit, you can't do this, you're not good enough, you know, just learn to turn the volume down on those. And the more that you do that, eventually they're not there. They pop up occasionally. They're not ever going to disappear because I think that's part of our human kind of makeup and kind of biochemistry and the brain and stuff. But you've just got to have faith in yourself and don't be afraid to ask for help. And also surround yourself with positive people who want the very, who, who when you're around them, you get that buzz. They make you feel good. And my biggest um, sense of advice, anyone who's really negative or draining in your life or who is not good for you, they've got to go. You have to get rid of them and surround yourself with beautiful people who are on a similar mission to you or just want the very best for you because that will help you heal. And then once you are healing, you can go off and do those awesome things you want to do. So I hope that helps. No, I think that's fantastic. And exactly what you're saying, surround yourself by the right people because, you know, a lot of people that have experienced trauma, you know, and, and they've, they've had all these setbacks, usually, I'm not going to say always, but usually it's somebody else in their environment or, or they're a victim of circumstances or within their environment that has caused these things to happen. And I'm not saying that you can't just be a victim, you can't just play victim and, and never get up. You can't do that. But if, if you've got to understand that at that point of these things happening, somebody else had power over you or something else had power over you and you've got that power in there and it's just a matter of bringing that back up to the it's exactly what you said I'm just saying it in a different way but it's just you know um so often we let others have power over us and we don't realize that we are so damn incredible in here do you, you know and if only we can just bring it up like a flower just water that damn water that damn seed of goodness and just keep watering it until it Blue. Big beautiful sunflower. Yes. <laughs> We're we all do. gorgeous, beautiful sunflowers, and we all just need to, to nurture so we all blossom and bloom. Be amazing. We do think in tangent because it was a sunflower I had in my head. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's getting a bit weird now. <laughs> it's good though. It's, it's the same vibe. We think alike, and, and that's great. And, and I think that is testament to the point that I made earlier. Surround yourself with people of a, a similar mind and a similar vibe, and, and, and you'll, you'll thrive. Absolutely, 100%. Now, where can people find you? Um, at the moment, just on LinkedIn. So you can find me, Charlotte Lahardi, in brackets, the modern day Magi. Um, I will have a website launching um, soon, um, beamoderndaymagi.com. Um, that is coming very soon. But in the meantime, if you want to connect with me, you can do so on LinkedIn. And, you know, if you want to ask me for any tips or advice or anything about self-care or sustainability or the UN SDGs, or the One Better World Collective, just whatever you want to ask me, hit me up on LinkedIn and I'll get back to you. Yeah, and she will too, because she's 
absolutely beautiful. You got the most beautiful heart. And I'm just so, 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 (laughs) and I mean it, you know, I mean it. And it's, uh, yeah, the first time we met, you know, I I just loved you, you know, and you you just, you just went on this tangent. It's kind of like, this is what I'm here to say. And then it's like, actually, no, I'm just going to share my life. And it was the best, the best thing you did. You know, you just. Yeah, that took a lot back, just, just sharing with, uh, you know, I think it's because I knew I was with a group of like-minded, awesome people. And you do, you just, I think we all ended up sharing quite a lot, actually, didn't we? In, in, we in, did. that, in that Zoom call. It was, it was uh, amazing, actually, and, and quite beautiful. That was, yeah, that was good. Yeah. Well, anyway, she is, Charlotte is amazing. I'm pleased to Thank connect you. with her because um, she's just uh, your most gorgeous heart. And I'm just so thankful that she's sharing this I shouldn't say she, I'm still talking to you, Charlotte. I'm still just grateful that you are sharing this uh, much needed message of, of loving ourselves and starting with us, because that's the only way we're going to make a difference in the world. And it's the only way yep, we're going to thrive is to start, yep. start with us. So what a, what a wonderful message. Thank you for joining us. It's been a pleasure. <laughs> it's been absolutely fantastic. <laughs> it's been brilliant. Can we do it again? <laughs> we might have to. We might not record it for a podcast, but I reckon we'll. <laughs> you, you and I could probably do five. Hours we'll just have, we'll just have plenty of Zoom calls and catch ups anyway. We definitely <laughs> need to stay in. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us, and we'll catch you very soon. Take care. Thank you. Bye. See ya. Ta-da. Oh, guys, I absolutely love that. And I really don't think there's anything left to say other than you really do need to take care of yourself no matter what you've been through, no matter how bad sometimes you feel about yourself or you feel about your situation, your circumstances, you can get back up. And I really hope that uh, this podcast has made you feel like, you know, no matter what is going on, you, you really can become successful in whatever way that means to you. So that's it for me. Have a wonderful week and I'll catch you next week. And thanks for joining me. Okay, see ya. Hey, thanks for joining me. It really does mean the world to me. Now, if you or somebody you know is doing amazing things, make sure you send me an email to info at getoffthebench.com.au. That's info at getoffthebench.com.au. Otherwise, head on over to my website at kerenvaughan.com and tinker around there a bit and send me a message. Okay, catch you next week.